dark for the light. Traded all my blindness for sight. Traded all my pain for the gain. Got a key to the gate and a seat at your table, yeah. I look up and I can see you got me where I want to be. Every single part of me becoming something heavenly. You make me brand new. It's like I'm rising up from the water. Living in the light you can't be
Well, good morning, everyone. We are ready to roll. For those of you online, we're glad you rebooted your computer three times this morning. We are just running a little bit late. Our tech team was working on some stuff, so welcome to Victory Life Church this morning, everybody. I'm Pastor Matt. I usually don't get to do announcements, but I get to do them today. Pastor Otto's down the hall with our growth track group, and we have a very special speaker today. I get to introduce him later. And I just want to welcome you to Victory Life Church. If this is your first time, second time, third time, if you're watching online this morning, welcome to you. We're so glad that you're here. We want to get to know you. We want to get to tell you more about the church, find out a little bit more about you. The best way to do that that's non-invasive would be for you to click on our vlchurch.com website, click on the New Here tab, 
fill out that new here tab so we can get you some information via email or via phone this week. Find out where you're at and how we can best minister to you as a church. I will not show up at your house with a pie. You are welcome, unless you request that, in which case I still will not show up at your house with a pie. Uh, We have two major announcements to run through with you this morning, two things that are so very exciting here at VLC. The first is that we are going to baptize people right here next week, right in this place. We are so excited uh, to welcome folks uh, into a full-time faith in Jesus Christ. And so you received these as you walked in this morning. If you have not yet been baptized, not yet driven that stake and taken that great spiritual and symbolic act of being or participating in water baptism, we, we encourage you to do so. If you're the head of a household, if you're, if you're a child in a household, if you're a teenager who has not yet driven that stake and said, I'm going to follow Jesus all my days, it's time to do it. If you've been baptized in this room today, you know that was an incredible and important moment in your life. We want you to have that moment. So there's all of the great theology about baptism back on here, all the great scriptures, but there's also a sign-up sheet. If you want to get baptized, we'd love for you to fill this out. You can go ahead and drop it uh, in the offering basket or with an usher as you're leaving this morning, and then we'll contact you this week. We'll tell you about our virtual baptism class. You can sit in your pajamas and learn more about getting baptized here at VLC next week. And then the week after, it's long-anticipated re-debut is the volunteer fair. And so we are so excited to get some of you back into ministry. It's been so weird these last 20 months with COVID. We are so excited to, to tell you, hey, this is what we've got going on. This is where we need volunteers. This is where we need you to step up, step in, and be the kingdom of God together. And so next week down in the South Sanctuary, we'll be having our volunteer fair. You can go there before first service. You can go there between services, and you can go there after second service. Now, here's the thing. We do need volunteers. We do need people all across the board to step up and step in. But I will tell you this. There is also a prize. There's a prize, Josh Kopsik, a prize if you go down to the volunteer fair. If you stop at every single station at the volunteer fair, we have Cavs Lakers tickets that we are going to put in a drawing. And uh, if you want to see LeBron return to town and toast the Cavs for 50, all you got to do is you got to go to those... uh, Go to those tables, and you can go around and get to know all the volunteer ministries we have here at the church, and uh, we'll put your name in a drawing. And if you don't like the Cavs, we know you know somebody who does like going to a basketball game. You win those, you can give them away. We don't care, but it's just a fun thing to be doing. There's going to be food, refreshments down there. Come down to the volunteer fair. Step up, step in, and be ready to serve your church once more. Finally today, and and not last and least, but so important, is, is if you came to worship the Lord through your tithes and offerings this morning, there are so many ways to do it. You can do it as you walk out this morning, drop it in that lovely new offering basket. Uh, you can do it online by text. You can do it online through the website. And uh, we are so thankful that the Lord continues to do his work here and we have the finances to do it. God is so, so faithful. So that's all I've got. So why don't you stand? You're ready to worship. I know I am. I remember a story in the Bible where King David was leading a procession up to the Temple Mount, and he was dancing. And there were people who mocked him for dancing. They said, that's goofy. In fact, his own wife said, you shouldn't have been dancing like a peasant. Well, there are no peasants in this room. There are only children of the king. There's only people who have been changed by Jesus, only people who have had their life story rewritten by the one who can do that. We have reason to praise We have reason to worship. 
If you want to dance, step out and do an aisle. Don't trip. We don't have insurance for that. But, but I want to tell you, we have reason today to expend our energy in light of the one that we serve. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would inhabit the praises of your people this morning. We pray that you would be here. We pray that you would move here. We pray that a new, new chapter in your story in our lives would be written here in this place this morning. God, I pray that you would move among us. I pray that you would speak among us. And right now, Lord, I pray that we would usher in your presence with praise. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's worship together this morning. Break down it. 
When we made the decision to turn from you, you've been reaching out ever since. Ever since to make a way for us to be with you. And God, that way was Jesus, and we thank you for Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. So all the places that we've been, all the places that we go, you've been reaching out to us. And we thank you that anything that we ask for in the name of Jesus, you're in that, God, your will will be done. This morning as we go to our, to our next song, we're going to talk about speaking the name of Jesus and how there's power in that name and how that name breaks down the strongholds that are in our lives, that are in our family. Let's lift that song as a prayer this morning that when we speak Jesus' name, he will come right into whatever situation we're in in our lives. We just need to speak his name. dark addiction starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus your name is power your name is healing your name is life Every stronghold shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. 
Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. And Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Oh, 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 oh. shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family Has made the holy name Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing Your name
Lord Jesus, in you we live and move and have our being. And you hold all things together. There is no way that we can achieve the peace that passes understanding. There is no way that we can experience the call that you've placed on our lives from before the moment we were born. There is no way that we can have joy eternal outside of the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that you came to earth to seek and to save that which was lost. And today, In the name of Jesus, we who were once lost declare ourselves found in you. We are the one from the 99 who you have gone out to search for. We who were dead in our sin and enemies of God have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. And we who were without hope with a heritage of death, now have been born into a new hope that is living and eternal, kept in heaven for us. In you, Lord Jesus, we live and we move and we have our being. Thank you for being our Lord and Savior. Thank you for being the one who's made us new. Thank you for eternal life. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know about you, but I needed a little time in the presence of the Lord this morning and not in the presence of rain and gloom. So welcome to church once more. As I mentioned, I'm Pastor Matt. And I'm coming back here this morning by way of introduction to let you know who we have with us this morning, why they are here. Uh, This morning, we have some friends of VLC in the building, Josh and Denise Reiser here. Um, Many of you know Josh and Denise because you have been uh, on missions trips to Tepic, Nayarit. How'd I do with that? I almost rolled an R. Mexico. And... uh, Pastor Josh is going to come. He's one of our favorite speakers here at VLC, and uh, he's been uh, sharing this pulpit with us for, oh, over a decade now, and uh, we have taken many, many trips to Topeka. Pastor Josh is the executive pastor of La Fuente Ministries, Heart for Mexico. Uh, They have planted over 20 churches in southwest Mexico 
that are winning people to Christ each and every week. He is executive pastor over all 20 of those churches, so his stress level is higher than mine, I'll tell you. In the old days, you would have called Pastor Josh a bishop, so welcome, Bishop Rice, uh, to be overseeing that many churches. Uh, I won't live that one down, but we're so excited that he's here this morning. He's going to tell us a little bit about the church in Jalisco, and that church is the church where we as a church, laid the foundation for that church. We helped build the children's wing. We helped double them in size, bought them a building years ago. They're our sister church uh, in a place in the world that is dark, that needs the Lord. And so our partnership with La Fuente and Heart for Mexico is over 10 years strong. We are so glad that Josh and Nisa are here this morning. They are kindred spirits with me. They are parents of five, uh, 12, two tens, and eight and a six. And, uh, and that's how I introduced my kids, you know, 11, 9, a 5, a th- a th- I, m- I missed one, 7, thanks. <laughs> they know my children better than I do, and so, and a 3. So uh, we're so glad that they're here. They're going to be ministering to our children during the intermediate time today, and they're going to be here for second service. They're going to be talking about a short-term trip that we will be taking Uh, next summer to join them in ministry once more, probably working on church number 21 for all we know. So can you help me to welcome our old friend, Pastor Josh Rice and Denise Rice. It is uh, so great to be here. Um, Just walking in the room this morning, uh, like Pastor Matt said, it's, it's yeah, it's been 10 years now uh, coming here, and it just, it just feels like coming home, uh, seeing so many familiar faces. I interrupted worship practice because I was so excited to see AJ when I walked in. I yelled his name and threw everything off, but uh, it's just great to, great to see everybody. Um, spend time with, with Bill and Melanie, and, and I said the first time I came here, I, I was thinking about this just now, uh, I don't know if you remember this, Pastor Matt, but the very first time I came, I said, and Pastor Matt is the smartest guy I know. Uh, and then I joked, but I don't know that many people, right? And everybody laughed. And I can say now, 10 years later, that Pastor Matt is still the smartest guy I know, and I've met a lot more people. So you, you have uh, an amazing pastor, uh, Matt and Gina and their family. So my wife and I have five kids, and I've been telling her, you know, we, we got to just watch how Matt and his wife parent their, their kids. Like, I'm so jealous of their family because they're like, you know, they're like presentable as a family. And, you know, we walk into some houses and we're like, yeah, we could never bring our kids here. They would destroy it, right? Like, this, is, this, this would be off limits. And, and Matt and his family are like just an amazing, perfect, you know, family for us. So uh, I'm just happy to be here and, and excited to share with you guys. I want to tell you a little bit about what I do. Um, I've been a missionary uh, since uh, 2006. I, I moved to Mexico. And I work with Heart for Mexico. That's the name of our organization. Uh, our churches in Mexico are called La Fuente, which means the fountain. Okay? And so we, I was talking with uh, the, the tech people in the back, and they said there might be some trouble with the uh, pictures. So I don't know how we're doing on the pictures, but I do have a picture of my family to show off to you guys. Uh, there we are. I know I look ridiculous, but I love this picture. That is my wife and I and our five kids. Um, there's another one that's a little bit more serious. I don't know if they had a chance to put it in. Maybe not, but um, yeah, there we are, um, and so it's a good-looking family, and uh, yeah, so that's our family. That's our kids. Please pray for us if you think about it. Um, I have little cards actually out in the back I'll mention at the end, but if you guys could each take a card, there's plenty. Put on your fridge. Pray for us on the mission field. Um, we are raising five kids in, in Mexico and, and doing our best with that, but I do want to tell you a little bit about the ministry. Um, I think that our biggest 
thing we're celebrating right now, uh, you know, besides the churches and all that, is we just, we have an orphanage also called Nana's House, okay? And, and so uh, our organization is called Heart for Mexico, which is like the number four. It's really like genius marketing. You know, it took a lot of, you know, time and like 30 minutes and uh, 10 cups of coffee to come up with this. But we, we, we have four areas or four heartbeats where we focus, and, and those are church planting, uh, our orphanage. Uh, we, have, we have a Bible school, a training school, which I'm trying to get uh, Pastor Matt to come teach at. And we host short-term teams. Those are like our four main areas of focus. Uh, so you guys are going to go on a short-term trip next year. We'll talk more about that at our lunch today. Uh, but our, our orphanage is 10 years old, and we've had to rent houses for all, all these years. Um, three years ago, we started building on a piece of land, and we were hoping it would take a year to build this orphanage, right? That was our goal, and, our, our, and it took three years because of the pandemic and everything else, and it was just a, a lot more work, cost a lot more money. We had to put in all this infrastructure, and um, we had to put in the sewage for the whole neighborhood. That was the only way they would let us have the, uh, the permit, and there's all these you know, different rules for being in a foreign country, and we finally got it done. And it is a beautiful home for these girls. It's, a, it's, it's an all-girls home. And uh, it's the first permanent home that these girls have ever known. And so we're just so blessed and excited to be moved in. I don't know if the pictures are, are ready. Um, uh, maybe, maybe. Yes, there it is. That is Nana's house, our girls' home. Uh, we still have to put sod in. But the house is done. And it's beautiful. Like, it was done right. It took several years. But I don't know if you have pictures of the inside. Um, back there? No? Not yet? You have to stay for the next service, because they're going to work on it in the break. But they have, they have beautiful, um, there's beautiful, you know, they, there's a guy down there who does granite, and he donated all the granite countertops. And like, I walked through there, and I was like, well, forget trying to send our kids to the U.S. Let's just send our kids to Nana's house. They'll have a better life. When I, when I walked through this place, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a beautiful, beautiful home, and there's joy there. I mean, I, I walked in the other day, I had to film something over there, and I walked in, and the kids were just laying on the couches and watching TV and just at home, right? And it was just, it was like, man, this is, this is beautiful. And so now, next week, we're going to break ground on our boys' home. Uh, the property is big enough for both houses. And so we're hoping this one's going to go faster. Our dream or our hope desires that this will take one year. We're saying it again. It's going to take one year. Uh, but the, a lot of the infrastructure is already in because we had to put it in for the girls' home. So it's going to be cheaper, um, and it's going to hopefully move quicker. We're going to do a lot of the cooking in the, in the girls' home. It's going to be like the main house, and then the boys' home is going to be smaller, just basically living areas. So please be praying for that. We want to get that done. The boys are still in a rented uh, home, and so we want to get them into the first permanent home they've ever known as well. Um, and yeah, like uh, Pastor Matt said, we want to keep planting churches. That was probably the hardest part of the pandemic for us was just all these churches um, trying, to, trying to keep up with people. And some of these churches are in small village areas and just trying to maintain contact and, and make sure people are okay and people are out of work. And now you guys know, I mean, it was just, it was a rough time. Um, but, but God has been faithful. He is always faithful. And we're just excited about it. I feel like we're coming out of this. Uh, I'm sure you guys feel the same way that we're coming out of this season. It was a crazy season uh, in life, right? And it's been two years since I've been here with you guys. And I was thinking, I mean, it was October of 2019 that I was here last. And then, you know, the pandemic hit in the beginning of 2019. We've basically been in it this whole time, right? And there were some other things, too, that happened. I don't know if you guys heard. There was an election or something happened in the United States last year. Um, and, and just it's been a kind of a, there's been a lot of, I know, turmoil and just it's been different, right? Um, and, and I want to just let that lead me into what I have to share with you guys. I, I just love being able to come and share what God has placed on my heart. And I, 
I know that this time has been different, right? We don't have to pretend that it hasn't been different. You don't have to pretend that everything's been fine. I know we've all known people affected by the pandemic. We've all, uh, you know, had to experience that. And um, I, I want to encourage you. I feel like there is this, this, you know, there's this excitement that, yeah, life is getting back to normal. Things are going to be, you know, different and everything's going to be okay again. But at the same time, there's this feeling of, we have to make up for lost time. And there's these pressures of, okay, these last two years, we weren't able to do this or that. And now we have to do it all. We have to get it all done. We have to work harder. And, and there can be these extra pressures and stresses. And I feel like there's just so many things impacting us as human beings, our, our spirit, our soul, our inner man. And there's just so many things we're, we're coming up against. And so many people have struggled with stress and anxiety. And, and there's just you know, so many of us have felt this. Um, the New York Times actually wrote an article, and they call it languishing. Right? There's like this attitude of like, there's this bug is driving me crazy. There's like this this New York Times article that they they talk about this this term called languishing. Right? Where it's like you 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 know we're more prone to lay in bed at night and watch TV or not get out of bed in the morning because we're just like, oh, we have to do this again, right? I have to get up again. And, uh, or we're laying in bed at night, and they actually explain in this article, it's really interesting, that what we're doing subconsciously when we're you know, lazing around these days is we're trying to reclaim lost hours of our day because of all the stress, right? And so I w- I've been thinking about this, and it's like, man, I know that is not what God has for us, right? I know that. We know that, but it's been a struggle, and so I, I want to just, as that, you know, just let that lead us into the scripture I have for us uh, this morning. Uh, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus is, is, yeah, he's ministering, he's traveling, there's miracles, it's a crazy time. And in the middle of this, we have this little story, right? And you guys may know this story, you may have heard this, and I want you to do me the favor of trying to listen to this story as if you didn't know it, okay? I know, you know, there's probably people here this morning who've never heard it, uh, others that maybe have heard it 10 times. So just do me the favor of, of just kind of, okay, putting your mind, you know, blanking it out and just hearing these words as if it were the first time. I'm going to read to you Luke chapter 10, starting in 38. It says this. It says, while they were traveling, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. It said, but Martha was distracted by her many tasks and she came up and asked the Lord, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? We see a few different times in the Bible where somebody says, Lord, don't you care? It's always interesting to pay attention to what happens. Uh, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. 41, the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. I feel like, if we're honest, like God has said to me many times in the last two years, Josh, Josh, you are worried and upset about many things, right? Other versions use the words anxious, troubled, distracted. You can interchange them all. Uh, Martha, Martha, you are worried, distracted, anxious, upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. Anxious, troubled, distracted. And if you're a parent of more than two kids, right, if you have more than two kids at home, you've heard this scenario. I probably, seriously, 10 times a week, my wife and I hear this, right? Tell her to help me, right? Tell him to help me. Like, I'm the only one cleaning the bedroom, right? They're supposed to share their chores, and there's invariably one or two that are always doing all the work, and the other ones, you know, I, I'm not going to mention names. You don't know them anyway, but um, if one day they're up here, I don't want you to, to prejudge, but there's always one or two that seem to be doing the work, and there's always this, tell him to help me. 
I'm doing it all, right? And, and so as parents, I can only, this is one of the only times we can identify with Jesus, right? Jesus identifies with us, but it's like, yeah, Jesus, I get it. You know, when, 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 he, when one is saying, come on, t- tell him to help me. And um, it's funny what Jesus says, though, because he, he doesn't reference what Martha's referencing. Martha's probably making dinner, cleaning, whatever. And Jesus doesn't say like, hey, leave the dinner alone. He says, you are worried and upset about many things. And so there's this thing I like to say where there's always a thing behind the thing when you're like that upset, you know, when you're that bummed out or that frustrated. There's always a thing behind the thing. So maybe the thing is you walk in and, you know, normally it doesn't bother you, but you walk in and there's like a dirty glass on the countertop, right? And so if you're having a good day, you walk in and there's a dirty glass. It's like, oh, whatever, I'll put it in the sink. But if you're having a bad day and you walk in and there's a dirty glass, it's like a thing. Why is there a glass on the table, right? Or you walk in and your kids didn't do what they were supposed to do. And normally you're like, you know, happy, go luck, whatever. You walk in and you see it and you just start going off. Have you ever done that? You walk in and you're just, why am I yelling? Like there's an inner dialogue. Like, why am I so mad about the dirty fork on the table? But you can't stop yourself from yelling about the dirty fork on the table. And all the kids are staring at you like, what is wrong with you, right? Or as a, as a married couple, um, my wife's here, so I'm going to be very careful, okay? Like, <laughs> let's just suppose, we're just going to suppose hypothetically, okay, Let's just say, hypothetically, one of you cares about where your phone charger is all the time, and one of you, every single cell phone comes with its own charger, okay? I'm just going to say that. So let's just say that one of you appreciates having it in the same place all the time, and, you know, hypothetically, the other person will just grab whatever charger's closest and take it wherever in the house, and so you could be having a great day, and it's like, oh, where's my charger? Ah, who cares? I'll go find it somewhere else in the house. I'll spend 15 minutes looking for it. It's no big deal. And then there's other times where you walk in, and you're like, why do you grab my charger, right? There's a thing. Something else is happening, right? There's a thing behind it. And Jesus immediately recognizes this in Martha. And so Martha is, is you know, cleaning up whatever, uh, and, and Jesus says, you're worried and upset. You're anxious and troubled, you're distracted. And, and so we don't know exactly what was happening with Martha, but we do know one thing, and that was she was missing Jesus. Like, she was missing Jesus. Jesus was in her home, and she was missing him. So that's the first thing I want to throw up on the screen is this. In this situation, Jesus is close by, but he's far away. Like, Jesus is close by, but he's far away. And that's something that we, that's a trap and a temptation we can all fall into. This morning... In worship, there's no doubt in my mind, Jesus is close by, right? His presence is in this place. Worship, amazing. And we know that biblically, promises of God, Jesus is close by. But you can come, and he can still be far away. And it's not his fault, right? I need to say that so I don't get any emails or criticism. Like, it's, it's not Jesus' fault. He wants to be with us, right? And we see this with Martha. I mean, he's in, he's in the house but he might as well be 100 miles away because she's busy with what she's doing. She's not listening. She's not hearing. So he's there, but he's far. And, and if we're not careful, you can come to church every single week. You can be in this place every single week. Jesus is close, but he can still be far away. Or maybe we've had times in our lives where he's very, very close to us and we feel close to him. And then for whatever reason, uh, we, we begin to drift and he's farther and farther away. And we can, we can hypothesize 
about Martha, what she was going through. I mean, uh, if, you, if you study this passage, a lot of people have hypothesized about this. And, and, and they think, oh, you know, she was just really, really busy because she wanted to impress Jesus. And, she, you know, and that is something we all could struggle with. We want to impress people in our lives that uh, we want to do certain things, be a certain person. And so we just, we let ourselves get distracted by life. Right? Or she was just busy. She, I like to think, and again, this, this is just a, a, a me thinking thing, but um, maybe she felt guilty, right? And, and she's just trying to cover it up by her busyness. Uh, could you imagine Jesus in your living room? Like if you had done something wrong and you had like that little bit of guilt and you're like, man, if I look at Jesus, he's going to look at me and he's going to know that I know that he knows, right? And so it, it would be easier to just kind of stay busy and you're busy, but you're missing Jesus, and sometimes, and I'm saying this respectfully and, and just pretend I'm either your older brother or younger brother, let me say this. Sometimes we can get into a, a complex where it's almost like a victim complex, and we would rather sit with our anxiety or our worry or our fear than sit with Jesus. It kind of starts to begin to define who we are. Oh, I'm the busy mom. I'm the busy dad. And we live in a culture that glorifies this. I mean, there is a, there is a time, uh, there has been, it, I think it's, it's a... It could be said that it's an American virtue, that the busier you are, the more stressed out you are, the more, the more successful you are. Or a real man is stressed out because he has so much to do. Or a real mom, a good mom, is always on the run, and she's stressed out because she's a good mom. And we have this lie we buy into where we're just stressed, we're anxious, and we're troubled, and we're worried, and we're upset about many things. And so we, you know, some of us in this room have, have struggled. I, I, I have been... They have given me, I know this is probably hard to believe, but I can be a little intense about things, right? And I have actually been, um, I don't know how to say this in English, I'm struggling to find the word, but I've been given a prescription uh, for uh, anxiety medicine. I've, I've been on it, and I say this as part of my testimony, because uh, I feel like it's an area in my life where God has truly delivered me. Uh, uh, my wife might disagree, but I, I feel like he has truly delivered me, um, at least from, from like a severe anxiety. And... I, I remember what it's like to, to feel like a, almost like a panic, right? And this was years ago in a different season of my life, but I, I just, I know, what, and some of you know what this is like. And I just want you, I want you to hear from me this morning that, that God does see and God knows and God has totally delivered me. I know he's able to do it, but I just want to say this. There's, there are times where you feel like this panic, right? Or even if you're, if you, you're prone to worry or fear, and we can fall into this trap and we begin to pray like Martha, right? Like, God, Tell them to do this, right? Like, tell my boss to give me a raise, right? And we've prayed these prayers. Tell him, tell her, tell my spouse, tell my husband to stop doing this. Tell my wife to stop, do it. tell her to do this or that. Or we begin to pray these, these prayers, these pleas to God. And we're basically, like Martha, asking him to do something to somebody else so we can be okay, right? And I love how Jesus responds to Martha, uh, because he looks at her and he says, Martha, Martha. And listen, I learned this while studying for this message. I did not know this. Uh, I, I always read this passage as, ah, oh, Martha, Martha, right? Like, the, I, like we would do it, right? Martha, Martha with an eye roll and a stop it, right? You're worried, you're upset. But I learned while studying for this that there's only nine times in the entire Bible that God or Jesus repeats a name. Nine times it happens. And in the ancient cultures, it was a sign of intimacy, so he's saying, I'm Martha, Martha, with an intimate love. So even though she's worried and upset about many things, she's anxious, she's having a rough time, his response to her is, Martha, Martha. It's like, I see you. Honey, 
dear. I don't know, what, what, whatever word. And so now I'd like to picture you, Jesus saying your name. You know, and now when I picture it is, ah, oh, Josh, Josh, you are worried and upset about many things. You're anxious and you're troubled, but only one thing is necessary. There's one thing. Your, your, your mind is everywhere right now. You're worried, you're concerned, you're anxious, you're troubled. We've lived through a lot. We've been through a lot. I get it. You're worried and upset about many things, but the way he, he repeats that name, and just picture him repeating your name, right? I, I know some of you. I can say it. Nate, Nate, and Bill, Bill, or, or Tom, Tom. He knows you, and he's saying it intimately. It's intimate. It's not frustration. He's not yelling at you. He's not disappointed in you. And he's saying, only one thing is necessary. Mary has it right. It's, it's being with me. It's being here in my presence. This is the same Jesus who said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. It's the same Jesus that says, or the same God that says, in my presence is fullness of joy. He is what we need. He is all we need. And that's what he's saying to her. And it makes me wonder, like, how much do we miss? You know, that's one of the things I think when I read this passage. How much do we miss? Like, Jesus is here, and we're just doing our thing, right? And we become so caught up in doing our thing that Jesus can be close but far away. But the flip of that is, when I am near and attentive to Jesus, my life shows it. When I'm near and attentive, when I, that means so he could be close by this morning. You could come to church and totally just ignore, avoid, get out, not even think about him until next Sunday when you come in, avoid, ignore, and get out, right? But if we're near and attentive to Jesus, my life begins to show it. There's evidence of it. And so we read the Bible and we see all these promises of God. And, and for some of you guys, you've heard these your whole life. You've never seen them. You're frustrated. You think it's not real, whatever. The, 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 the way we see these promises of God is when we're near and attentive, right? I want to read you a few just to encourage you uh, this morning. Some of these verses that have been really encouraging me. Um, it says in Psalm 4610, it says, be still. So the opposite of, of upset and worried about many things and anxious and troubled, the opposite of that is be still and know that I am God. Be still, just in, in, your, in your inner person, be still and know. And, and so thinking about that, know that I am God. I know that he is my provider. He is your provider. I know that he is your healer. I know that he is your encourager. He is your creator. He is who gives you hope. That is what it means to be still and know who your God is. Like, who is your God? It, it, it's to take a moment and say, all right, I, I've been too distracted, but I know that my God is my king. He is, he is who knows what comes next. He is who has the future in his hand. That is my God, right? It says in Philippians 4, uh, verse 6, it says, don't worry. Don't worry about anything. It's so easy to read that and so much different to live it out, right? But don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So these verses might seem like fantasies, right? Don't worry about anything. But when you're near, when you're near to Jesus, that one thing, the one thing that is necessary, when you're near to Jesus and you're attentive, right? Okay, Jesus, I'm here. 
right? That, that is putting your trust in him. It's putting your confidence in him. Being attentive means, okay, I'm here, I'm trusting, I, I, I'm attentive. And so I want to read one more, and this is what's really been encouraging me in this season, is Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who trust in the Lord, those who are attentive, those who are present, like Mary, those who are, who are saying, okay, I'm going to sit at your feet, I want to learn, I want to be with you. Those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, and this is what I love. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not become faint. So we can see from these, I mean, Jesus is my peace. He is my encouragement. He is my healing. He is my provision. He is my energy, right? And so we, we, we hear all this and we see all this and we say, okay, but, but I want that in my life. Like, I want to see it in my life. We, I don't want it to be something I just hear about. And so like Martha, when she walked up to, you know, Jesus, help me. And, and he says, Martha, Martha, one thing is necessary. And it's right here. It's like, okay, well then, how, how, I want to be there. What do, I mean, what? what? How do I do it? What do I do? And, and this is where I want to encourage you, okay? We make Jesus the authority in our lives, and things change, okay? Jesus becomes our authority. And for some of you, that might sound very foreign. I, want to, I just want to explain it. When we say, okay, Lord, I surrender to you. I'm here. I take a step. I'm obedient. When I can say Jesus has authority in my life, things are different. That's what separates what we call a Christian from a non-Christian, a Christ follower from someone who doesn't follow Christ. It's, it's, it's a matter of authority. And so now when Sunday morning comes around, I don't have to make the decision. Am I going to go to church or am I going to stay? I don't have to make the decision because Jesus has authority in my life. I'm going to go to church. I'm go- it's going to happen. It's, it, I'm going to give my tithe and offering, right? Jesus has authority in my life. I'm going to do my best to, to forgive who has wronged me because Jesus has authority. I'm going to do my best to be the parent I should be because Jesus has authority in my life. And I don't, it doesn't mean I have the answers, right? And this is where I, I, please, if you're here and you feel like, man, I don't know if Jesus has authority, if Jesus, if I'm following him, it begins with a step of obedience. Your step of obedience. You saying, Jesus, I give you authority in my life. I surrender my life to you. Right? And, I, and I'm really excited about the fact that you have baptisms next week. Uh, Matt, Pastor Matt told me uh, about a month ago, you guys are going to have baptisms next week, and I've been thinking about it nonstop. I'm ex- I love that. As a pastor, I think one of, the, one of my favorite privileges that we have is to, is to baptize people. If you've not been baptized, just, just let me encourage you for a second. When you begin to follow Christ, you want to see all these, you want to see, like, I want this supernatural peace, and I want this supernatural provision, and I want supernatural guidance from the Lord. Your first step as a Christ follower is baptism. Biblically, the first step is to invite Jesus to be Lord of our lives. Everyone's second step is to be baptized. And I love thinking about it like this. It's like, it's like could you imagine, I know this is probably a sore subject, so forgive me, but if LeBron, right, uh, when he was playing for the Cavs, if he's like, you know, they're like, hey, LeBron, this is your jersey. What number was LeBron? Six? I don't know. I don't know. Nine? Doesn't matter, right? He's not here anymore. So let's say LeBron, they're like, they're like, they're like, put, put your jersey on, man. And he's like, ah, I don't know. I mean, I like these guys, but I don't know that I'm really a part of the team, right? Um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be okay. Everyone would be like, you have to wear the jersey. You're on the team. Ah, but I mean, I don't like him. That guy's weird, right? I don't want to be associated with him, so I'm not going to put the... But it's like, well, but you're on the team. And that's so... Baptism, I mean, you're part of the team. And yes, some of your teammates in some other places, obviously not in this church, but some of your other teammates might be 
weird, or it might be somebody you may or may not want to be, but, but you're on the team, and this is, this is our team. We're the church. We're followers of Christ, and he has called you to take this step. Uh, and I, I loved what Matt said. I loved what he said in the beginning, how he said that some of you guys have been baptized in this room, and it's a, it's a major step in your faith walk, right? Um, there's this old phrase you may or may not have heard, and it drives me crazy, but it's this old phrase that says, the church should be a hospital for saints and not a museum no, I'm sorry, a hospital for sinners and not a museum for saints. Many of you guys may have heard that phrase. I would say agree to disagree. I think it should be a hospital for sinners and a museum for saints. So many things have happened in this room that Pastor Matt could look back on and be like, oh, I remember this, or, or I don't know, I remember singing in the choir, or I mean, many of you, many of you, I remember singing in the Christmas musical 15 years ago. And, and as you begin to build up memories in, in an actual church, Amongst people you love, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to look back and say, yeah, we want people that are not Christ followers to feel comfortable in this place. And, and if you're here this morning, I hope you feel super comfortable. Uh, but also, we want people to come here who have remembered, oh, I, I mean, I met my wife in this church, or I, I, my kids grew up in Sunday school here. It, it is a hospital and a museum. And for some of you, taking the step of baptism next week is gonna be, it's gonna be a, just a major point in your life that not only signifies you are on the team, you put the jersey on, you're, you're, you're in the game, but also this is part of your story. And you're with people who love you. You're with a, a family that cares about you. And, and in this place, you are loved and cared about, right? And so what I want to do uh, before, we, before we end, I don't know, AJ, if you could help me out a little bit. I, I want to pray for you guys. Uh, and I want to take some time to do this. I, I want you to hear this from my heart. I am, I'm so privileged to be here with you, worship with you. I do feel like we are family. But I really care. I feel like God has really placed somewhere. I care and I, and I hope that we can all open ourselves up to what God wants to do in our hearts this morning. There are so many of us, I think, that God would look at us, Jesus would look right at you and say, Martha, Martha, with intimacy, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled and you're worried and you're upset about many things. But only one thing is necessary. There's one thing. There's only one thing necessary. Everything else, it is what it is, right? There's one thing that's necessary, and it's in the presence of Jesus. Some of you have lived. You've lived, and Jesus, maybe he's close by, but he might as well be 100 miles away. And, and it's time to say, I need to be near and attentive, and I need to be able to say, Jesus has authority in my life. I've tried to do it with my own authority and look where it got me. Jesus has authority in my life. And if Jesus has authority in my life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen. There's a, a quote. I don't know. There's an old worship song. Some of you may know. Uh, it's called, As the Deer Panteth for the Water, right? It's really old. But there's this group I really like. They just came out with a new album and they, they redid these songs, these vintage songs, and they just came out with this new album, right? So all these songs that like we sang when I was really little uh, are now cool again, okay? So, as the deer panteth, and there's a line, I never heard the second verse. In my church growing up, we always just sang the first verse and the chorus. But I love this, uh, this line in the, second, in the second verse. I wrote it down here. It says, um, you're my friend and you are my brother, even though you are the king. I love you more than any other, even more than anything. And for some of us, we, we don't even, we're not even sure that we're like, yeah, I don't, I don't even know if I if I know God, if I love God, others of us, it's time to say, no, he is my authority. He's my friend and my brother, even though he is my king. 
And the more we walk in that, the love, it grows and grows. And we can look back and say, he died on a cross for me. My friend, my brother, my king. He died on a cross for me. And now I can say I love him more than any other, even more than anything. But it starts with a step. It starts with a step. And we recognize in our lives, we can all see it in our lives, our sin, where we failed, where we've been anxious and troubled and worried and upset about many things. And we can say, Lord, I'm here. I surrender to your authority. I need to be with you. I need to be with the one thing that matters. I need to be doing this. This is what I need. This is what my family needs. This is what my life needs. My future needs this. And so if we can all just bow our heads and close our eyes, I would like to pray, pray for you. Father, thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Father, I just lift up right now every person in this room, everyone watching online. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name you'll begin to minister to hearts. Lord, those who have felt troubled and anxious and worried and upset, distracted, God, I pray, I pray today they'll, they'll just feel you, sense you calling their name with intimacy, with love, not with judgment or, or anger. And I pray we'll be able to answer that call in Jesus' name that we'll be able to respond to you, Father. Thank you. And I, I want to pray for you guys, uh, particularly if you're here and you have struggled, you felt like you, you've been struggling with anxiety or worry, or you, you would say of yourself you've been worried and upset, or you've been anxious and troubled. Um, right where you are, can you just, everyone with their eyes closed, can you just raise your hand where you're seated? I'd like to pray for you from, from where I'm standing. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I'm gonna pray, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray for all of those with their hands raised, those who have struggled. I pray that you, in, in Jesus' name, Lord, you'll just minister to hearts. Father, I pray you will heal what needs to be healed. You'll provide where it's necessary. God, I pray that you will, you will take care of the physical need so that we can know, Lord, I pray that even more than that, that we'll know that you are with us, that they will know that you are with them. Father, that, that beyond a financial need or a physical need, that they will know above all else that the Lord of the universe walks with them in Jesus' name, Father. Thank you for what you're doing, and I pray you'll continue to do it more and more. Lord, I pray you'll bless all those who are here, their families, take care of them, guide them, Lord. Continue to build Victory Life, build this church, I pray. Thank you. Uh, Father, we love you this morning. We're so thankful for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Pastor Matt. Well, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, hasn't it? Jesus-focused, imagine that. He's what we need. He's what this world needs. But let us be reminded this morning, he's what we need on a personal level. And he is not far away. We can pursue his closeness. And, and I hope you know that that's what we're after every single morning when we come together here at Victory Life. Hey, here's some instruction for you. A couple things to remind you of before we stand and, and leave this morning. Please stop by the table and join uh, Pastor Josh and Denise's prayer team. Uh, they will not have you stop by the table and say, give us money, we're missionaries, all right? They want you to pray for them, though. They want to get you on the email list, and if you want to give them money because they're missionaries, do it, okay? So stop by, get on that prayer list, find out more about what's going on. In fact, your heart might have been stirred today. Maybe you'd like to go help work and, and get this orphanage for the boys off the ground. Maybe you would like to have the opportunity to get down there and help plant church number 21. 
we have opportunity for you to do that. So stop by, say hello, don't run out. Remember, we've got big things going on next week. If you'd like to be baptized, drop that off with an usher. John's standing over there. He'd love to take that from you. He'll pat you on the back and say, way to go. Get your jersey on. And we'll be excited for that. But for now, will you stand? And let's pray and ask the Lord to dismiss us from this place. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've been here in this place. You've been in our worship. You've been in our joy. You've been in the word. Oh, God. May we be a people that know your nearness. Lord Jesus, may we come after you with all of our hearts. May we sit at your feet. May we know the one who is our friend, brother, and king. And Lord, may you be greater than any anxiety, fear, worry, angst, and anger. And make us new. We pray now that you dismiss us with your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.